Welcome to Music 316 for Tuesday, December 1st, 2009. We have some good news today. The library has decided it's okay to use our example numbers for the streaming video examples. So I can finally tell you for the first time in this course that West Asia are numbers 10 and 13. South Asia classical numbers 14 and 15. South Asia regional and religious, our next area to cover, will be numbers 16 to 24. And the ones for inner and North Asia I'll be able to get to you in a few days. So those will be our streaming video examples then for this um, unit of the course. The readings, Sakata for West Asia, Newman for um, South Asian Classical, Ellingson for Regional and Religious, and this is the Ellingson article on the God of Music. The other Ellingson article is for Inner and North Asia. So we'll get you the complete list. And it should be a lot less confusing than those um, unpredictable numbers they were giving us for the, for the midterm examples. We have the example of Drupad as a form of North Indian classical music that has existed for many centuries. And you could easily get the impression from that that Indian classical music is an unchanging world or time has stood still, nothing could be farther from the truth. And we already learned, for instance, that over the centuries, the meaning of the instrument called vena has changed dramatically from a harp to a short-necked lute to a long-necked lute with gourd to a tube zither with two gourds or a long-necked lute with a gourd depending on which part of India we're talking about. That is a complete change in the meaning and the structure and, of course, the playing technique and the music of this instrument because you can't change an instrument that greatly without altering the music that it plays. We also learned that the sitar today seems to be almost the emblem of North Indian classical music in the hands of uh, people like Ravi Shankar or Shujat Khan or the many other sitar players in North India. It was actually a fairly recent instrument coming into India only in the last 200 years or so, coming in from the West, from Iran and uh, areas to the, to the West of India. And then it was uh, rather quickly transformed into an Indian instrument and became a new part of the old classical tradition. Along with the new, in, new instruments like the sitar came new kinds of music. And that process of change and growth in Indian music has continued all the way through the 20th century and on into the 21st. Today we have the um, introduction of instruments from outside of Asia into Indian tradition. And so, um, for example, we have players of 
the Western violin, the guitar, and many other instruments. And in contemporary classical music, we also have the emergence of electronic instruments. One of the best documented changes in North Indian classical music was the result of one individual. He is the performer on CD5 example two. His name is Ram Narayan. And Ram Narayan was a hereditary musician who played an instrument called the sarangi. There's a picture of the sarangi on the left side of example two. It's a bowed lute, that is, a kind of a violin with four or five main strings and many, several dozen sympathetic strings. Sympathetic strings like the sitar that you don't actually play, but when you sound the, one of the main strings, the sympathetic strings that are in tune with it or with the harmonics vibrate and make extra sound with the sarangi, giving it a very rich musical sound. Sarangi was used for centuries as an accompanying instrument in North Indian classical music. And specifically it was used to accompany singing because in most North Indian classical performances, unlike the, Drupad, the, the Dagar brothers um, singing Drupad where you have two of them um, to sing and to follow each other, most Indian classical performances have only one soloist. Most Indian classical vocal performances have one vocalist. And so you don't have somebody to fill in the gaps. A vocalist can do a lot of things, but he or she has to breathe sometimes. And so a vocalist cannot keep up the sound indefinitely. They have to stop. There would be moments of silence in a vocal performance if there were not some kind of instrumental accompaniment. Of course, you have the drone <coughs> in all North Indian classical performances, but classical musicians have long felt that the drone is not enough and you need to keep some kind of melody going when the singer stops and takes a breath or takes a break. And so they added in this instrument called the sarangi. Pause here just a moment and note the group that's performing. This is the sarangi player with the <coughs> instrument standing up right here in his hands, playing it with a bow in his right hand, fingering it with his left hand. Here is a pair of tabla drums like you saw played in class last Wednesday. Here is a tampura lute and another tampura lute being played by these two people and they're playing the drone, of course. So this person is clearly the soloist. But that's a very recent 
thing. In fact, the man that you see is the very first sarangi player to break out of the box of being an accompaniment, accompanist, a backup musician for the stars. Because Ram Narayan, this man, a sarangi player, decided at one point in his very successful career as an accompanist that he was not going to take a back seat anymore for other musicians. He was going to become a star in his own right. And he started doing solo performances. And he ran into a lot of resistance all over India. Because there is a caste system in India of high and low ranking people. That caste system was outlawed by the 1947 constitution of the Republic of India when India became independent from the British Empire. But it still is very strong in, man, in many respects. The soloists within the musical community have the highest status. And again, within the musical community, the drummers have the lowest status. And people say that drummers have a low status because they get themselves dirty, they pollute themselves, and <coughs> compromise any religious purity they might have because they touch skin, that is, dead animal parts. And if there's anything you don't want to do to keep your caste status is to handle dead animal parts regularly. And high caste is to be vegetarian. To be high caste is to not deal with dead animal parts all the time. You might occasionally touch something that you can purify yourself, but not if you do it every day, not if you make your living by touching animal skin, like the skin of these drum heads. There's a story about a prince in India who loved the sound of the tabla drums so much that he couldn't play them. Because if he played them, he couldn't be a prince. He'd have to move out of the palace and into the slums. And he'd have to be a low-life person all of his life, a poor, powerless, disrespected person because he played the drums. The best he could do is to be a musician. And who wants to be a musician? So what that prince did was to order a special set of tabla drums made with silk playing heads. And that solved the problem because there's nothing wrong with silk. Silk is a luxurious cloth. It's something that rich people wear and use. It's something that powerful people use to adorn their houses and, and, and themselves. <coughs> and so with the tablas with silk playing heads, the prince could play the instrument he loved and still um, remain a prince. And those tablas are on, are, are, are on um, display still in one of the old royal palaces in Rajasthan in West, in West India. Um, 
But ordinary drummers couldn't do that. Ordinary drummers had to handle this skin. And so they were in bad shape. Now, there's another kind of lute that you don't play with a bow. You pluck it, and it looks kind of like the sitar. It's called the sarod, and it has an animal skin down here on the sound box covering the body. So you'd think that might be polluting, but actually the player doesn't have to touch that all the time. The player has to touch the strings. The strings are made of metal, so that's okay. So the player of the sarod is better than the drummer because his hands doesn't his hands don't have to be in regular contact with dead animal parts and he doesn't pollute his purity and he doesn't lose his possible possible status but the sarangi player is playing an instrument that not only has a skin cover on the sound box down here but it has strings that are made of cat gut and if it's bad to touch an animal's skin, just think how bad it is to always be touching guts all the time when you play your music. And so the Sarangi player were also very low status, very low, low, low purity, low caste in the system. But Marmarain said, I don't care about that. I'm going to play such good music that people won't care about my caste. And he played very well. He played as well as the leading stars on other instruments. And many people appreciated that, but many people didn't. And he had a hard time making it as a musician. But he went on tour because some foreigners heard him and booked him for concerts in Europe. And he was a smash hit in Europe because nobody there had ever heard Indian music played on a bowed instrument before. And Ram Narayan came back from Europe, rich and famous, and suddenly concert halls in India were welcoming him and presenting his concerts and selling tickets <coughs> to big audiences. So all by himself, Ram Narayan broke the border of segregation that had walled off Sarangi players from becoming real musicians, that is, musical stars, star performers, who could sell tickets and who could uh, attract audiences in their own right. So here's Ram Narayan. You can hear how the instrument sounds almost like a singing voice. 
And of course, that's the ideal in North Indian classical music. spaced out and lost track of what he was doing. But that gives us a look at Ramnarayan, and his playing is featured on um, track two of CD number five. Ramnarayan performing Rag Gujari Todi. Rag Gujari Todi has this set of notes in its scale, Sa, Ri, and the Ri is flat. Sa can never be flat. Ga is also flat. Ma is sharp. You can have a note that's flat or sharp. So if none of the notes were flat or sharp, it would be sa re ga ma. But with re and ga flat and ma sharp, it's sa re wants to go to pa. And in most varieties of rag todi, you would have sarigama pa, but in gujari todi, which Ramnarayan is playing, in this example, you don't have pa. You skip up to da flat and knee, which is natural, not flat, not sharp, and finally, <coughs> sa. So your whole scale for Gujari Todi is sa, re flat, ga flat, ma sharp, but no pa, da flat, knee natural, and sa. Mm. That's a nice scale. Very different from any kind of a Western scale. So let's hear his performance. This is not a Drupad. This is in a style called Kayal that belongs to the last couple of centuries of North Indian classical music. It's a newer, newer style than Drupad. There's the drone. What notes were we hearing in the drone? Usually, remember from the Drupad example, usually the drone plays sa and pa, but there's no pa in this ragga. So the drone can't be playing sa and pa. What does it play instead of pa? Go back there. Oh, 
Group managers know what interval that is? Nine seconds. What? Nine seconds. Nine seconds. That means that you have so what note is a minor second below sa? Or in English, That's your drone for this example. Very rare in North Indian music because usually the drone is Okay, so Pidonisa. is how fast he does this, how fast he gets from there down to here and back up here again, and how fast he gets up into this upper part of the range. Group head singers take a lot longer time. They do a much more thorough exploration of the scale, the mode, the possible melody patterns that you get by approaching these notes from all directions. In these more modern styles, like Kjall, the exploration of the scale is quicker and less complete than in the older style Drupal. Also in this style, you don't have to go from the slow exploration into a faster and faster and faster rhythmic explorations of the scale. 
It's a simpler musical style. but still maintains the same basic idea of you explore, you improvise, you see how the different notes fit together, how melodies link from one part of your scale to another. sit there and say, well, when are going to start playing the drum? But for Indian audience members, this is the best part of the performance. This is where you get to hear the best music, and you get to find out really how good a musician this player is by seeing how he handles this improvisation, where there is no drum and no song and no words and no pre-composed music to get between him and the music, to get between him and the sound of the raga. Still, it's a short halap. In some of these performances, the halap can be one second long. This is fairly long by newer music standards. And he is putting a little bit of rhythm into it. He's speeding it up a little, and that tells you that we're getting to the end of the allow.
This is a rug that's used for healing illness and bringing down your temperature if you're sick. So if you feel the flu coming on, listen to this one an extra time or two. Some rugs have a, an effect on the weather. I was in India once during a drought where the government hired a musician to go out to the city reservoir and play a rainmaking motto. Sure enough, it rained the next day. Coincidence? No, well, I don't know. But there's a story of one raga that nobody ever played because it was too dangerous. And the emperor one day called his chief musician into the court and said, I don't care how dangerous it is, you play that raga. And the musician said, oh, please, no, don't make me play that raga. The emperor said, I am the emperor. You play that raga or you die. And so the musician went and said goodbye to his friends and family and came back and sat down and started playing the raga. And the strings on his instrument started to smoke. And he kept playing and his fingers started to smoke. And then his whole body started to smoke and all of a sudden he burst into flames and was cremated into a pile of ashes right there as he played. Nobody has ever finished a performance of that raga. But the raga has finished them. So. And I don't advise you to listen to that one, if you, even if you find it on YouTube. Now we're into the hell, the song part of the performance with the drum accompanying. The drum is playing Team Tall. The Tala is 16 beats. Let's go back to the beginning of that, because he starts out slow. Two, three, four. 
is always the main beat of the tone. But their second ranking beats, like five and 13, would also receive a strong accent. There are three accented beats in Tintal, the name of the Talad. Tintal is literally the three Talad because of these three accented beats. You notice they come every four beats. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 13, 14, 15, 16. Why not nine? Because nine is calling or empty. Now does that mean that it's silent? No. What happens is that nine empties out the sound of the low drum on the next four beats.
I'll let you hear the ending on your own. We're not going to require example number three for the listening exam, but you are required to read what's on the handout because I may ask you questions on the written part of the exam um, having to do with the music, um, the um, instruments, or whatever um, on the ex examples that we leave out of the listening exam. So we'll see you tomorrow for CD number six.